Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, no, no. We take part ourselves. That's right. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy, and we are back at the Wim Hof Seminar. Woohoo! All before the whole COVID situation started. Correct. We've been waiting to tell you about it because we thought it would be fun for our Max Fun Drive. Max Fun Drive! So we'll tell you a bit more about the Iceman in just a moment and us trying his methods but we're still in the middle of max fun drive here oh boy oh boy plenty of time to support us yeah this is only week two of four yeah and the numbers are very encouraging yes thank you to all of you who have subscribed or upgraded and guess what there's a new option now you can boost boost your membership so we talk about the five dollar membership and that's where you get all of the bonus content we've talked about the ten dollar membership we've got a lot more to say about that 20 and so forth but you can also now this is new in this max fund drive if you're at say the ten dollar per month and you're just not ready to quite go to 20 you can choose an intermediate amount and make that your monthly donation and that will count as an upgraded membership i wonder if you can do not full dollars like if you can give like (laughs) Five sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, an additional sixty nine. Yeah, add pie to whatever it is you're currently. Or uh, like sixty nine. Oh, oh, I get it. Okay, it's like a sexual thing. <laughs> ah, fun. Carrie just needed me to acknowledge the sixty nine <laughs> in the room. Yeah, so that's an available option to you now. And we're really grateful because Max Fun members keep this going. You've kept us going through this very bizarre time and we're super grateful for everybody who's already a member and that's why we're doing our drive right now to remind you that you're the reason we can make this content for you to enjoy max fun is audience supported which means we are free to make the content you enjoy because people like you contribute so listen why don't you go choose a monthly amount that's comfortable for you dave yeah if your name is dave and you're listening to this right now it's a sign but also everyone else. The majority of people give $5 a month or $10 a month. Some upgrades to 20 35 even $100 a month or more. You know, it's whatever works for you, Dave. And thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dave. You're the best. <laughs> and everyone else. So we'll be back to talk about that more. But let's jump into our workshop. If you didn't hear our last episode, you are going to want to go back one. Yeah, you'll be like, what is this Wim Hof method? Who or what is Wim Hof? I'm so confused. What is a fundamentals workshop? You'll have no idea. So definitely hear that contextual information and also welcome. We're glad to have you here on the show. Episode one was sort of an icebreaker. Ah, ho, ho, I like it. Nicely done. Nicely done. 69. (laughs) It's sexual. (laughs) That's funny. So yeah, we got there. We got our waivers signed. We got our yoga mat set up on the ground. The crowd kept growing over time, Mm -hmm. but I think it stabilized at around 23 participants. Yeah, we had definitely filled up pretty much all the negative space in that room, but a comfortable fill. Yeah, that's true. We were close to each other, but enough room to breathe. (laughs) I get it. So yeah, if somebody writes in later and says, I was there and there were 24 participants, Ross and Carrie are full of shit. (laughs) Just know it's, you know, plus or minus. Or that they're a liar. Anyway, the first thing we would do is 
get some very energetic and sincere information from Michael Christophero. Michael Christophero. Yeah, a handsome man. Mm-hmm. Looks like Jason Manzukis. A tall, sharp features, long hair that he's kind of tied up behind him with a very substantial beard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's got kind of a sharp beard and mostly black curly hair, but with a little bit of the gray, a little bit of salt in that pepper. So he started telling us about disease. Yeah, we kicked off around 1215. That was game time, he said. He had a slide projector that was very hard to see because the room wasn't dark. Right. So we kind of struggled to see from our vantage point. So. I think it was right onto the wall, too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it wasn't a distinct image, and at least there was a post in my way. So I'm constantly kind of trying to wiggle around and say, what does that say? I'm not sure. <laughs> Using the Zoom feature on my phone. We were sitting not next to each other, which is rare. Yeah. And I was sitting at just the right angle where right above your head it said Rossfit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a really cool mural on the wall. We took pictures with me in the Rossfit afterward. Yeah, so straight up, let's talk about disease. Okay. We've all, we've all dealt with it. We've all had disease affect our lives. Like which percentage of disease would you say is chronic inflammation? Involves inflammation? I would say 80, 80% involves inflammation. That's very precise. By that, I do mean physical, mental, and spiritual yeah. disease. This grew over time. I think the first time Michael said 80% of disease is inflammation, that was the statement. And then later on, it became 80% of chronic disease. And then uh, later on, it became 80% of disease, mental and physical. And then spiritual got worked into this somehow. So 80% of spiritual disease. And sometimes he'd use the word involves, which is mm -hmm. very different. Other than just the word is. The, that Venn diagram's a little more of a closer overlap when you say right. th this disease is inflammation. Yeah, it makes it sound like the inflammation's causing the disease, which could be the case. As opposed to involve, where it's just a component. Right, because, I mean, presumably we got inflammation we evolved it because it was useful in some way. Yeah. So is this the cause or is this the treatment? I don't know. Speaking of which, we're going to be mentioning a lot of claims and some we'll kind of directly address, but just to put it out there, uh, we'll have kind of more time after we tell the main story of this workshop to sort of unpack some of these ideas. So don't take this all at face value. Just nod along for a little bit. So what's cool about the Wim Hof breathing method is that you're going to get more oxygen throughout your cells. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, speaking of inflammation causing disease, I sent this to my sister, Jeanette, who is a doctor in Fresno, general practitioner, and asked her, what do you think of this 80% of diseases mm -hmm. inflammation? And I gave her kind of the permutations and asked for her reaction. And she said... And this is very doctorly, but mm -hmm. I think that in some contexts, one might be able to contrive a way to explain disease by inflammation and psychological mindsets, especially in the way that anxiety and depression can affect our health, including levels of stress hormones, cortisol, okay. our immune response, and our ability to make good decisions affecting our chronic conditions. But I would not say there is a strong body of evidence pointing to a particular percentage. Actually, in my usual setting of primary care, I would guess that over 90% of the ailments of life are connected to our mental health in some way because we are integrated whole people. And she gave the example of the diabetic who feels hopeless and chooses not to take their insulin and is now facing an amputation or a heart attack or blindness 
or the young person who was anxious to fit in and started smoking. She was giving him sort of, you know, here, here's a stirrup if you're trying to get right. into this sort of mental health being connected to your overall health. But what's that got to do with inflammation? I think she she addressed the inflammation thing saying that there's no particular percentage. That okay. sounds like it came out of nowhere. But then I think because he had included the phrase 80% of disease, both mental okay. and physical, she was trying to say, okay, well, here's here's how we could kind of connect to that idea of mental health being tied okay. into our bodily health. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Very kind of her to pull him out of the ice that way. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I want to go around quoting that 80% figure. Did you know that you only use 10% of your brain? Uh, that is... Yeah. Not, no, that's true. Nope. Especially if you're very boring. Did you know that 70% of life is work? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. And the next Sign up for 10% Dianetics. is inflammation. <laughs> Math is hard. Yeah, so Michael's telling us a little bit about Wim Hof's life Mm -hmm. concurrently as he's explaining these different benefits, kind of hearing about the man and the method in one breath a little bit. And Michael says that Wim Hof said that there were lots of embarrassing moments for him, especially as a parent. Yeah, because he was giving us a bit of that biography of having lost his wife and being a single parent and sometimes embarrassing his children just by being kind of a wacky guy. Yeah. And Michael seems to have a lot of affection for Wim. Yeah, and he talked about meeting him for the first time and going on a retreat with him. Yeah, it was like a mountaintop class. They were doing instructor training so that he could do what he was doing at this class, Mm -hmm. essentially. And so they climbed Mount Hood in Oregon, which apparently gets very cold at the top Mm because you could see the little snow-capped mountains around them. And he had pictures of himself next to Wim Hof. I'm guessing that's part of it. Like, here we go. We'll take a picture and you can use that for your classes. Oh, like, right. Yeah. I've learned from the guru. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that, but I'm sure you're right. And then they had like a picture of them all in a circle sitting in this lake together. I think it was like 40 people. It looked like it was a good size instructor class. Jeez. So if you support us. Was it mostly men? Through Max Fun Drive, we can become instructors with Wim Hof. Maybe. Yeah. You know, now having seen so much video and photos, uh, you know, just a lot of Wim Hof media. Yeah. Hard to go back. Guys are 80%. Okay. Maybe more. Oh, so men are inflammation. <laughs> that clears up a lot if of If Wim Hof workshops me. were disease, then 80%, even more than that. It's like this is very much a white guy thing. Oh, right. If I had right. to narrow it down even farther. Uh, now, I'm sure we can find examples of, of non-white, non-men. Of non-white non-men, but <laughs> there's a lot of white men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. So while he was up there on the mountaintop class with Wim, he noted that Wim was like really sweetly spending most of his time with this one older gentleman. Yeah. And did Michael call him Boomer? It sounded like it, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think that was his nickname or the nickname they gave him. I think maybe he was just saying to us like it was a person of baby boomer age, but like didn't really explain it. Yeah. Just like, we'll get it if I just say boomer as if it's a name. <laughs> well, long be- Okay, boomer. Long before there was a very popular guy at the uh, high school where my dad taught who was a science professor and he was boomer. Oh, so, okay. You know, I, I've heard of it as a yeah, name Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I feel like it's something I heard in a cartoon. 
Okay. Anyway. Yeah, so I guess that guy was kind of having the hardest time, and so Wim was giving him all the attention, and at first everyone's like, oh, the guy who's like not even, you know, as advanced as we are is getting all the attention, but then they realize that's the kind fatherly thing to do. You help the one who needs the most help. This reminds me of the parables of Jesus, you Uh know, and the stories like, well, why is the master paying attention to these sinners and people have not done as well as I have? And yeah, very much as we described before, there's kind of this enthusiasm around Wim Hof himself. He Mm -hmm. has this personal charisma. And Michael was talking about that, how, you know, you're just so drawn to him and you want his attention. You want to be like him. You want to listen at his feet. So yeah, that's very much in play here. But it's interesting because such a central claim to this is I'm not special. Anyone can do this. Like, we all know the Heimlich maneuver now. I couldn't tell you anything about Mr. Heimlich because... (laughs) Once something is truly that successful, you no longer sort of like hang around the mystique Uh, of the creator, you know? But I think he genuinely is abnormal. Yeah, though I think at this point, if he dies doing one of these world record-breaking things or just naturally... I think this method would probably continue on. Seems oh, yeah, like me too. There's a real structure here. Me too. And in which case, then it would have to evolve away from that. But yeah, def- yeah. definitely there's a little cult of personality mm-hmm. involved in all this. For sure. But uh, Boomer made it, though. Yeah. In case you were worried. Yay. And they all... they all <laughs> they, <laughs> really be burying the lead. <laughs> and then he died. Yeah, they all cheered for him. Okay, Boomer! <laughs> That's not what they said. Um, <laughs> maybe they did. That's his nickname. <laughs> Uh, you did okay. Okay, God. boomer. It's always so hard to know, like, would that be incredibly condescending or would it be welcome? When you're sort of encouraging <laughs> the person who's last among us, it right. could be, yeah. Yeah, I can feel being that last person, be like, all right, I don't yeah. need you looking at me right now. Right. Let's just be happy I made it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Not make a big deal. <laughs> right, about how special I am. <laughs> exactly. For being the worst at this. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, I'll talk more about it later, but you've lent me the uh, Scott Carney book yeah what doesn't kill us and he mentioned that at the onset of their journey up kilimanjaro there were two people who what doesn't kilimanjaro us <laughs> i like it um one of them was dealing with like extreme lack of oxygen she had to go back down oh man and then there was a guy who was nearly seven feet tall and he was vomiting one oh morning he had to go back down so people do fail on these things yeah yeah uh, oh yeah definitely but Boomer made it. Good job. And you've already got a self-selecting crowd who wanted to go on this trip in the first place. Right. And have done, you know, like a few days at least of preparation. That's another one of the narratives is that this method can turn you around real fast and really change mm-hmm. your body rapidly. Yeah. You'll be amazed. Well, in 2008 and 2009, they done a study, Ross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the study showed that Wim Hof could suppress his immune response. So the endotoxin study. Yeah. So this is also in this book, and we will get more to, like, this science and whether this is valid, mm-hmm. et cetera. But it is also just spoken about in sort of self-contradictory ways. Like, in the book, it says he boosts his immune response. Right. Th- this time we hear he suppresses his immune response. Right. Again, I'm is... like, by immune response, are we talking inflammation? What are we? Yes, these are all good questions that come about. And I think it is described inconsistently in the various media coverage. And Scott Carney helped kind of break this down for me that the whole endotoxin thing is used in clinical settings to help measure autoimmune responses to things. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to use as kind of a control substance when you're trying to see how the body reacts, because it's a component of E. coli, 
but it's not E. coli. Okay. And sometimes the way it's referred to, it sounds like, oh, you were infected with E. coli. And sometimes mm-hmm. it sounds like, oh, you were infected with a toxin. Like, oh, wow, you survived this Poison. thing that would have killed other people. Right. right. So apparently what this is, is it's a component of E. coli that they can use to get the body to sort of have that response. Mm-hmm. But the endotoxin itself is inert. So it doesn't do anything bad to you. Kind of like a vaccine, except no future protection. Right. Yeah. There's nothing really you're training your body to deal with, except maybe that endotoxin again. But it's just sort of a way to see like, oh, how much does the body sort of freak out when we put this thing in? And so I think the latter of those two were what the study was claiming to show was that he was able to suppress his immune response, which in some situations... Might be a bad thing. Yeah, I don't want to suppress my immune response. When it's a real thing that needs your immune system to respond to it. Because I remember seeing in the book that they were saying the people who were doing the Wim Hof method didn't get fevers. So that's probably the immune response we're talking about. Okay. The old fever. I think even Wim Hof himself had some light headaches. Oh, I'm so sorry, Wim Hof. Do you get light headaches? (laughs) It must be so terrible. And, And like... I think they did it with 12 people. If I'm remembering this particular study correctly, they did it with like 12 people who had studied his method and 12 people who hadn't. Okay. Again, these were sort of self-reported measures of discomfort. Right. Not blinded in any sense. Fever. Right. So take it for what it's worth. And also, in various places, you'll hear this described as Wim consciously controlling his immune response. And I'm like, what do we mean by that? If you can control the immune response just by doing the exercises, I guess that's conscious control because you were conscious when you did the exercises. But uh, yeah. if you're saying that in that moment he like gets into a Zen state and says, no, no, I don't need the fever, then that seems totally irrelevant to your exercises. So what are you saying? Yeah, this will come up a lot. The kind of disparity between the exercises and what they're supposed to accomplish versus what we're supposed to be able to do with this method. Right. But yeah, in this particular study, we've talked before about how kind of the phrase boost your immune system Mm -hmm. doesn't really mean much Mm -hmm. of anything because sure, we can measure things like white cell blood count and, you know, things like that. But sometimes the problem is your immune system over responding. Mm -hmm. And you don't want a boosted, quote unquote, immune system. Right. That's like lupus or HIV. Those are boosted immune systems that are overreactive to things they don't need to be. But I think the way Michael introduced this was a little misleading because he referred to it as a deadly strand of E. coli. Oh, no, did he? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. And he would never get past the ethics board. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Or can inject people with it. Let's see if you can avoid death. (laughs) And 12 of them didn't. Uh, So there you have it. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Michael speaks very quickly. There's so many claims and he's throwing out these big terms and stuff. I, as a science enthusiast, Mm -hmm. but not a scientist, immediately I can't like parse these things that he says. Yeah, yeah. And there's just so much of that. So it definitely takes a lot of external reading. And then you and I are rapidly writing it down in notes. Other people are being normal human beings and are just (laughs) sitting there nodding, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... If it's this tough for us with our notes in front of us and many weeks to go over it, imagine if you're someone else. Exactly. So now let's go around and I'll say introductions, who we are, why we're here. Oh, yes. State our intentions. I kind of like that, actually. He said, I like to get a feeling for what everyone's intentions are. Yeah, it was cool. In some classes, and they're like, tell me why you're taking this class. Sometimes I'm like, you're really going to make me like rephrase 
I wanted to know about English literature 30 times. But in this case, it was kind of cool. Like, all the responses were pretty different. Yeah. Lisa wanted to be the best version of herself. Christina was excited about breath work. Wow, you wrote down their names. Amazing. Annie wanted to deal with stress. (laughs) Uh, Kevin. Laura was here to learn more about self-discipline. I got to say, for 80% being men, uh, there were a lot of women at this workshop. Okay. Maria wanted to connect body and mind. Dinah was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, but was, was not into pills. Yeah, that was Hashimoto's, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Which is not oh, something I, I would want to fuck with Wim Hof with. Oh, goodness. Because that's the one where like your extremities get really cold because of poor circulation, oh, I goodness. think. There was a guy named Michael who was uh, using this to help deal with PTSD. Someone was planning to climb Mount Everest. Oh, Dana was injured in July and got PTSD and has progressive spinal cord illness. Oh, man. And also said that she's not into pills and drugs. I'm like, ah. Oh, right. Because it makes it sound like, oh, here we go. I'm finding some way to tackle this without. This will be the thing that fixes it. Right. Without using what my doctor told me to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some had more sort of spiritual or emotional goals like deeper meditation, presence in my body, controlling my mind, Mm -hmm. healing my anxiety, or if you're Ross, exploring my limits. Uh Or if you're Carrie, you hate, hate, hate the cold (laughs) and would rather drink your own pee. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. Though okay, you said you said you also got sciatica a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I got sciatica for the first time. Now, would you say that the Wim Hof method healed that sciatica? <laughs> the sciatica had not returned when we were at the seminar. It was already gone, but okay. it was the first time I ever got it. It is excruciating. Holy shit! Have you ever had it? No. Oh my god, I had never had it, and then I had to do some research in the USC library. But if you sit too long, uh-huh. um, you just press on this one nerve, and it like shot this pain just up and down my leg in this awful way. And it was just because I had been in the library for too long without standing up. One day, it just triggered it. Learning kills. Exactly. So, um, you know, maybe this. You know, that's a wake-up call or something, but I haven't gotten it since. You even saying that makes me want to sit upright. Oh, sure. Speaking of which, at least this first part is about breathing. I'd say breathing is another one of those things on my kind of checklist of checking in, Ross, how you doing? Are you sitting upright? Mm-hmm. Are you breathing properly? Mm-hmm. It is or just good... are you breathing? <laughs> that's supposed to be part of the autonomic nerve system, right? But I you shouldn't never have know. to. <laughs> you never know. We'll get to that. So yeah, we all stated our goals and he seemed pleased enough with them he goes back to talking about Wim for a second here and he's saying you know Wim climbed Mount Everest in shorts so anything can happen and then Michael said and I've met many charlatans as I'm sure a lot of people in the health and wellness community do Mm -hmm. I thought we have true statement and speaking of the Everest thing I think it's important to note that Wim Hof isn't always completely unscathed by these things. I think uh, right. often in the telling, you know, you just think, oh, wow, he can do anything. Right. Whereas I think when he did that, apparently it turns out it was a marathon that he did in the snow. He uh, got frostbite on his pinky toe and thankfully it did go away. Mm. Uh, you know, the like, toe. No, no. Uh, <laughs> like blood did return to the toe. It was saved. He still has his toe. But, because like 30 people crowded around him and saved him and enabled his weird addiction. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. And to clarify earlier, we were wondering whether he had gotten himself out of the hole or not. Oh, and yeah. You had said that someone went in to get him. So it turns out he did kind of drift by the hole and didn't realize it. And someone grabbed his leg, like uh, his ankle uh-huh. and pulled him up like Achilles. Like, uh, oh, 
Does that happen to Achilles? Yeah. Th- oh, is that how he gets his little heel problem? Yeah, he gets dipped in a you know special river, and that gives him godlike immunity and powers. But then th- whoever was holding on to him was holding on by his heel, and that ah. was the part that was then vulnerable. Ah, this part that saves you will also be your demise. Indeed. So, so on that Everest climb, he was getting high and he had just gotten into that like really dangerous zone where a lot of people die Mm -hmm. and he was already starting to feel the numbness in his leg that he remembered from kind of that whole foot problem before Mm -hmm. so he backed off and realized okay this is not the time for me to complete this i'll lose a leg or something jesus so he didn't get to the tippy top of everest boy oh a boy So as part of this practice, we're going to learn diaphragmatic breathing. You know, I always kind of forget until this comes up again that I did so much diaphragmatic breathing in high school for choir and musical theater that I don't think about like that's that is the normal way I breathe is to use my diaphragm. The dramatic arts are the diaphragmatic arts. (laughs) Very good. So describe that because I think if you had just told me diaphragmatic breathing, I wouldn't have known what that meant. So most of us, when we breathe, especially if you're breathing shallowly, you'll breathe into your lungs, which does feel really good. You feel that expansive feeling in your Mm -hmm. chest. (sighs) Do it with Um, us. Don't worry, there's not something wrong with me. I'm overdoing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're starting to go a little. Florence Foster Jenkins. Your diaphragm is a second organ that's, I don't know, between your hips. It's in your pelvis. Pelvic region. That's Mm, what we call it. The old pelvic region. And if you fill up your lungs and then ask yourself, like, where else could I send air? Yeah. Now you'll instinctively realize, oh, there's actually this other spot Mm. where you can get, you know, almost double lung capacity You've by got a adding whole that band of muscle to control that yeah he referred to this as inverse breathing he said it was kind of like an ego thing that as children we all know naturally to breathe into our stomachs and i don't know if that's true not. or not but i haven't uh, grabbed children off the street and said like <laughs> breathe for me let me observe how you breathe <laughs> so i can neither confirm nor deny but he said that as we get older we're always trying to kind of maintain our figures and you know stand upright and he had kind of a male female dichotomy to this but he said mm. we tend to just breathe into our chests mm. um, and sort of ignore letting air into our stomachs which should be the first flow of air right and then he asked us to do sort of a show of hands like how many of you breathe just into your chest and i should have raised my hand but i was busy kind of thinking about like how do i breathe yeah yeah um but he's right that's true so i i didn't show my hand and no one else did he's like oh look at all of you you're all intuitive okay great (laughs) um but no i think that's right when i'm breathing i tend to just breathe into the chest and be done with it yeah (sighs) the reason that you learn it in choir and stuff is because if you want to project you're mm-hmm. going to need your diaphragm to do that. Mm. Can't get that much out of your lungs. It's going to be all breathy. Gotcha. If you want them to hear you in the nosebleeds. Exactly. So let's learn about the old nervous system, shall we? Okay. Yeah, let's. The nervous system. It's made up of two smaller systems. You with me? I'm nervous. <laughs> there's the sympathetic nervous system. Yes. And there's the parasympathetic Nervous system. Oh, here we go. Or as you might call it, inside the cave and outside the (laughs) cave. He kind of introed this with a little overview of the vagus nerve, Mm. which is this, you know, long nerve that extends out to a lot of our internal organs and says how this can put us in a parasympathetic state. And so a lot of what we want to do is to kind of stimulate that and that fuller breathing can help do that. But But you want to stimulate 
the vagus nerve? Yes, we want to activate it with our large <laughs> inhalation. And activate that, it. that's what he said. <laughs> I just wonder what that's supposed to mean. Because um, like the vagus nerve, if there's pressure on it or anything, you get incredibly nauseous. Oh, interesting. Well, I think the idea was that if you're breathing well, stimulation of the vagus nerve will cut down on the stress response. Okay. And that when we're stressed, we tend to breathe less. We have shallow breaths. And if we kind of intentionally deepen and lengthen those breaths and control it more, that can have that sort of reverse response where we're easing up on our stress. Right. And I think that much is well supported. I think that is true. Now, you might be listening and thinking, yeah, this makes sense. So I guess that's the kind of breathing they're going to do. Nope. Let's do a totally different thing that Uh. actually involves not filling your lungs and reduces your oxygen. Sure. But we'll get there. So yeah, he had slides for this and little diagrams of the body and nerves and organs and how things were connected. So he used this framework that you mentioned of being inside the cave and outside the cave. So you have your central nervous system. That's your brain, your brain stem, your spinal cord. Then you have this peripheral nervous system, and that's all of the other nerves throughout the body that connect to everything and the skin and all that. So then he broke that down saying that you've got kind of your motor system and that breaks down into the somatic. Oh, Um, name the somatic. I want you to contact the somatic. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have control over and the autonomic. And whenever you hear about Wim Hof or anyone talking about Wim Hof, you're going to hear discussion of the autonomic nervous system. Right. So that's supposed to be all those things that we supposedly don't have control over, Mm -hmm. like, you know, sneezing or the dilation of your pupils Mm -hmm. or breathing while you're asleep. Right. Exactly. And uh, salivation, your heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of those are kind of controlled by the autonomic nervous system. Thank God I can't control my heartbeat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, thanks. Now, suffice it to say, yes, these things will automatically run when you're not conscious of them. Thankfully, they'll continue while you sleep, etc. But that doesn't mean necessarily that we have zero control or affectation upon those. And then you have to define what does conscious control mean? It gets kind of murky. So I think in this course and in Wim Hof, I keep wanting to say Wim Hofery. <laughs> so, you can. All right. So with Wim Hofery in general, there seems to be kind of this overemphasis that like, oh, you can't do anything to control the autonomic nerve system. And we are teaching you how to do that. And we're proving all the textbooks wrong. Oh, right, right. Wim Hof says that kind of thing a lot. I, I changed the textbooks. There's a new chapter about me. <laughs> you pull out his textbook. It's just like his pencil writing all over, crossing <laughs> things out. I changed it. Yeah, like a Sharpie. Yeah, like Trump. exactly. So, yeah. So then we break down that autonomic nervous system further. So there's like this branching it's almost like a nerve structure of mm-hmm, nerve mm-hmm. systems that we're talking about. So tree of life. Now that we're focused on the autonomic nerve system, the things that we're supposedly not having control over, you've got your sympathetic mm-hmm. and aww. that's yeah, aww, <laughs> that's aww, outside the cave. <laughs> and the parasympathetic. Oh. Yeah, that's like sympathetic mm-hmm. to paranormal things. I don't know. Oh, okay, I was just thinking like partly sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Next to sympathetic, yeah. Yeah. That's inside the cave. So what is this cave he's talking about? Is it Plato's cave? I was just thinking that. It's a new allegory of the cave. So I think the idea is back when our ancestors were living in more, quote unquote, primitive environments Mm -hmm. like caves, 
these two systems developed to keep us alive, one of which is kind of your body in its rest mode. So when you're inside the cave, you want smaller pupils so you can see in the dark. You want your saliva to flow well so you can digest your food. You're ready for the sexy times. Uh, Slower heart rate, slower breathing. Use your glucose slowly because maybe you're going to be in there for a little bit this winter. Mm -hmm. Activate your reproductive system, like you just said, so you can bone. (laughs) Whereas the sympathetic nervous system, that's when you're outside the cave, man. And there's dangers out here. You've got to be ready. for. There's dinosaurs. There's fight or flight. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I saw Eek the Cat and Terrible Thunder Lizards. And yeah, cavemen definitely met dinosaurs. No they did not so yeah that's where you're ready to hunt or be hunted and you need to have all the glucose ready in your muscles so that if someone suddenly springs at you you can run the other way right you're all your energy is ready to go and and your sex response that's just not there you're not thinking about right that thank god yeah right exactly that would be a he even used that as an example like if the bear starts chasing you and you're getting aroused you know <laughs> something's wrong right, with your body right. people got a good or laugh out of that you and the bear are gonna have a special moment <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then your saliva gets inhibited in this case. This is where anxiety would theoretically come from because you need to be on this sort of like constant alert. Mm -hmm. So Your breathing is faster. So which of these are we going to learn to control? Both? Yes. Yes? Yeah, we're going to at least be able to kind of go between them and move toward one when we need to. Right. But I think the idea is that this Wim Hoffery puts you in these extreme situations where your sympathetic nervous system wants to take over and mm-hmm. say, okay, you're going to breathe right. fast. You know, your, your eyes are going to uh, dilate. And we want to introduce with breathing and these other controls the ability to pull us back towards the parasympathetic. And I'll say this, although I don't know if that's true at all, It makes a sort of intuitive sense to me because in our modern world where you're mostly safe, Mm -hmm. that's where we develop these things like chronic anxiety because your sort of want to be on alert has no place to go. Right. Um, Right. And that's I, so it makes sense to me like that if you actually gave yourself something like, OK, here you go for two minutes. This is what you worry about. Put it there. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we'll turn it off. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the siren call of the Wim Hof method. And Scott Carney very much leads off in his book saying this, you know, like, oh, well, I was just this reporter in Los Angeles living in my apartment and, you know, (laughs) sitting in front of the computer all day Uh (laughs) and uh, getting a little soft around the middle. Okay. (laughs) So he was saying, you know, like we evolved in this kind of environment where we were constantly being forced to endure extreme conditions. And now we have our air conditioning Mm -hmm. and we keep everything within this nice, cozy, you know, Goldilocks zone. Oh, yeah. He's the it's 68 to 72 i was like okay that's a little specific i don't keep <laughs> okay. everything exactly at 68 to 72 but you know we do avoid extreme yeah. temperatures yeah i fucking hate them <laughs> and so, i hate, hate hate them i'd rather drink my pee so the argument is is that the body kind of needs occasionally to have these beneficial shocks Mm -hmm. to the system and it kind of just keeps us in sort of a more healthy range of flexibility right seems possible yeah seems possible to me that's all i need to know seems possible so stop spending all your time inside the cave yeah get out there i was just thinking every time he would talk about outside the cave the sympathetic nerve system I would just think of my cat because I feel like (laughs) even though she is inside of our cave almost all the time, Mm -hmm. that 
response is always there. There's mm. always this heightened like threat yeah. alertness. Like, you know, what are you doing? Why did you just move? It's like, now I'm getting some water. Is there something I should do to respond? Right. Are you yeah. trying to kill me now? Yes. I've been waiting seven years <laughs> feeding you every day because eventually I was going to kill you and shoot right. you onto me. Also, you're seeing her, you're interpreting her behaviors that way when maybe that's not what it's like inside. That's true. I don't know uh, how to get into that black Speak box, cat. but at least if we were to compare her reactions to human reactions. Right. She's very much ruled by the sympathetic nerve system. So, did you know that there are three Nobel Prize winners from last year who are studying optimizing stress? Oh, yeah. I had to look this one up. Oh, I'm glad you did because I haven't yet. Oh, okay. Is this true? Yeah. So, okay. So, this is very much related. That's right. Because he was talking about hermetic stress. You know, we've heard this before. Stress gets a bad rap in our society that a certain amount of stress that's short term at least can mm-hmm. be beneficial. Sure. He referred to it as hermetic stress or hormesis. And I had to mm-hmm. look this up. So that's the beneficial effects of a treatment that at a higher intensity would be harmful. Okay. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of a medical statement of that, which does not kill us, makes us stronger. Right, right. Which I can't sign on to as a general principle because, you know, if you get your leg cut off you're probably not stronger but you might be emotionally stronger yeah that's true let's say you get COVID-19 yeah and you survive but now you have reduced lung capacity for the rest of your life that didn't kill you but it didn't make you stronger type 1 diabetes it's from a viral infection right childhood or the womb so not fully endorsing that idea so the Nobel Prize that he was referring to was from 2019 okay so it was recent in physiology or medicine and see, William Kalin Jr., Sir Peter well, Ratcliffe, Pete. and Greg Semenza, Greg. what, what? Their prize was things they'd done in the 90s looking at just how the body reacts to the presence or lack of oxygen. Okay. And kind of how it will respond, both in terms of just sort of adaptation and even gene expression, like mm. what proteins get produced in that situation because of the presence or absence of oxygen. And so they kind of identified these very precise pathways and they could say, ah, this particular chemical is being produced. And then when you're at a low oxygen state, it is not. And mm. that's what happens, etc. Okay. So it was very interesting reading. Not sure exactly how tightly it tied into the point he was making, mm-hmm. but it did check out at This is definitely something we see a lot where it's like, and I don't even think this is always intentional or someone trying to dupe you, but these sort of references to scientific studies and so on with not like a very clear loop back to what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. but it just sort of improves your faith in me that I am talking about facts and move along with me. Let's move along. Right. It can be blinding with science and certainly the speed at which he was going. Yeah. Could so easily be that if you're not taking furious notes and looking up later, all you're left with is a vague impression of like, man, he talked about like hypoxia and <laughs> right. cortisol and uh, all these very sciencey sounding things. Man, he knows a lot of science. Something about Nobel Prize. I think I think Wim Hof got a Nobel Prize. <laughs> exactly. One word I encountered while reading that release about the uh, Nobel Prize was uh, they were talking about hypoxia and then they were talking about normoxia. Which I just, <laughs> I love. That's just average oxygen intake. No, normal oxygen levels. <laughs> like, oh, I'm feeling a bit of normoxia today. <laughs> you know what really makes me breathe faster? I'm going to go out on a limb and say supporters of audio entertainment. You got it. I'm going to go out on a whim. Oh. And join you. Yes, indeed. Max, 
Sundrive. Not Sundrive. Thank you to everybody who has already become a member during this drive. Yes, thank you so much. An extra special thanks to those who have sent us really sweet notes about becoming members this year or upping your membership and what the show has meant to you. That's been so cool to see. And, you know, uh, one thing I saw in an email from some of the Max Fun staff was this collection of messages from different members and listeners. And they had asked something like, how do we serve you during this time? And most of the responses, truly, probably, probably 80 percent. We're like, <laughs> just keep doing this. <laughs> like, please don't stop because like you're so needed in this time that we're all isolated. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like it's an honor to be able to serve you in this very unexpected way. So yes, thank you to everyone who has. And again, if you are able to, if you're able to contribute, uh, now is the best time to do it. Also, for example, this week, there's on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the 28th, there's going to be a, a matching challenge. So if you're hearing this Monday or Tuesday and you're like, oh, I should join on the 28th, there'll, there'll be Do a little bit matching action. Yeah, dollar per member match. That's what it is, up to $2,000. So nice. that would be great. Also this year, you can do gift memberships. Yeah, this is great. I love this. Someone who wrote on the on the fan page on Facebook, they said, hey, who could really benefit from a membership Aww. but can't get one right now? I will buy one for you. That's so sweet. That's super sweet. So it's a good gift to get for others. So memberships at MaxFun start at $5 a month. That gets you all the bonus content. You'll be able to access that as long as you're a member. And it just grows and grows every year. Right now, there's just years and years of bonus content. Yeah, we've talked about like our firewalking investigation. Mm -hmm. Find out how Ross got, uh, what's it called? The eczema that he always uh, moans about. And (laughs) there's numerous film commentaries where you can watch a movie along with us. And if you choose to join at $10 a month, you get a MaxFun membership card a cool pin you get to pick between all the different shows on your pin nice and you also get that bonus content and let's say you're like i want to pump it up a notch if you join at 20 dollars a month or more you get this year's special gift which is a max fun game pack with a custom dice set custom deck of playing cards and those all have cool max fun designs so just visit maximumfun.org slash join to become a member so many good reasons holla Speaking of support, we are supported primarily by you, the listener, Mm -hmm. and you often hear ads on our show as well, which, well, A, ensures that we release episodes of the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but also B, supports us as well supplementarily. And normally we would not have ads during Max Fun Drive, but this is our chill. This is our laid back drive. Laid back. Max Fun Drive. So we do have a couple ads for you today. One of them is for a very special website. Oh, my favorite website of all time. You guys know it. You love it. It's Squarespace. Squarespace. It's a website that makes other websites. What? Yeah, it's like a mommy website that makes little baby websites. That is so in the cave. But whatever you're doing and wherever you are, whether you're an architect or a producer or an instructor or a record label or a venue or an accessory... (laughs) Or a wedding professional, or a personal trainer, Uh, or a venue, and you're like, this is the time I'm finally going to make my venue website. You've got a great dream, and a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Mm -hmm. So you can make that dream a reality at Squarespace. Hell yeah. So why don't you create a beautiful website to publish your content. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about it. You know content. You love it. Maybe you promote your business. It, it may be physical. It may be online. 
right now it's probably online. Mm -hmm. You could announce an upcoming event that you're hoping will happen in society. Aren't we lucky for the internet right now? No kidding. You know, when this all started, this work from home thing, I was thinking, oh, we're going to see major outages as everyone starts using all of these, you know, video conference calls and everything. But no, that hasn't happened. Pretty good. So truly, this probably is a good time to get on your website, especially if you pull up Dave Francis. God, I hope we have a listener named Dave Francis and he just bolted upright in his chair. You already mentioned Dave earlier, but now it's even more specific. That's his last name. Okay. If you pull up DaveFrancis.com and you're like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. There's like dancing bears at the bottom. It's (laughs) time, Dave. Yeah, let go of that old GeoCities website Mm -hmm. and let's make a beautiful Squarespace site. Speaking of which, I've only lost internet connection once during this whole stay-at-home situation. wow. And it was during a really important call that I was running on Zoom with Adina Menzel and Josh Gad and Bobby and Kristen Lopez. It was like a a press junket for Frozen 2. It was terrible. Long story short, thankfully, the call was not lost. I was able to get back in. Someone else was recording in the background. Anyway. Oof. 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 But with Squarespace, you'll get delicious uptime. Your website will always be up. It'll always be wonderful. You've got beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Whoa, world. You've got powerful e-commerce functionality. Whoa, commerce. You've got a new way to buy domains and over 200 extensions to choose from. Whoa, dot horse. And you've got award-winning customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Holy moly mackerel. That's a lot of support. So check out squarespace.com slash ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ono to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah. But that's not all. That's not the only thing we got to tell you about. That's right. We've got a podcast with a name that for me is one of the most important things you can do. That's right. It's called... Vote. Master, oh, yeah. (laughs) Vote. When things in this world feel like they're going off the rails, take some solace in a new limited series podcast that will be your guide to voting and elections all the way through Election Day. Oh, man, I can't get enough election coverage, so uh, I can't wait to check this out. It's called Vote the Podcast. If you've ever felt powerless, overwhelmed, or just plain lost when it comes to voting or elections, Vote the Podcast is here for you. The hosts, Kat and Andrea, are experts from Vote.org and Spread the Vote, and they're inviting some of their favorite activists and celebrities and voting rights crushes to help them answer your biggest questions about voting. They just released an episode featuring the hosts of the Call Your Girlfriend podcast and Mm -hmm. the actor-activist Bradley Whitford, Mm. and it talks about vote by mail, a.k.a. absentee voting. Why it's critical to shorter poll lines and the health of our nation, why it's wrongfully controversial, and what to look out for in your state. Holla. Yeah. Vote the Podcast is available now. Subscribe to Vote in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast. This is an issue that's really important to me. If I call anything sacred, I would say it's the right to vote. I support this and uh, I vote yes. Check it out and uh, just search for Vote the Podcast. I will. And while we've got you here, it seems like we just received something in the mail. Whoa. A bird just flew through the window and handed Ross a Paul Avion envelope. Yeah. Oh, not any bird. It's an owl. 
Oh my god. I might be a wizard. I don't know why I didn't mention it's an owl. Maybe you're just throwing out the general category yeah. of animal type. Yeah. An animal flew in the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bird. <laughs> More specifically, an owl. Anyway, what does the Jumbotron say? No, no, what type of owl is it? It is a barn owl. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty small. Which is appropriate since you live in a barn. Barn owls must have been so relieved when the barn was invented. They must have been like, <laughs> we've had nowhere, Whoa. we've had nowhere to live. That's a good question. Where did the barn? No, we're getting distracted. Which game for what? <laughs> we have a jumbotron. Oh, who's it from? It's from Aaron Cox. Oh, Aaron Cox, my very best friend. And she's got a message for Andrew Rapana. Nice. Can I grab that and take a look? Oh, here what you go. Yep. Crinkle, crinkle. Oh, it says. Happy birthday, Andrew. Today, I am celebrating you. And I hope you remember to celebrate yourself, too, today and every day hereafter. The world is lucky to have you in it. You are a shining star of awesome. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'll take that back. Thank you. I hope we'll have many more years of listening to podcasts and living life together. I love you. Aww. Aww. Well, happy birthday to Andrew. We hope you had a wonderful day. Me, too. And Andrew, your birthday's the day after mine. So you're pretty special. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so back to our dimly lit but not dark room where we are learning about breathing and stress and general Wim Hoffery. Mm-hmm. So Michael had given us his pitch for the importance of stress, short-term stress, and that the cold can kind of help get us there. Mm-hmm. He talked about the hypothalamus as being in between our endocrine system and our nervous system as this kind of, I don't know, regulator or go-between. Oh, okay, not literally in between physically. Yeah, not equidistant, right. but a relay of sorts. Is this about when all the thunder started happening? Oh, yeah, there was thunder going on in the background, absolutely. Oh, my goodness, it got so loud. Yeah, it was like someone is outside beating a steel sheet or something. Yeah, yeah, like the, in the tiki room. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like the tiki We're room. We're all going to disappear. <laughs> so his explanation of the system was that when we are exposed to this extreme cold, our nervous system freaks out. And the hormones get sent out, adrenaline, cortisol, all of that. And they're saying, okay, time to get into fight or flight mode and panic and stress. And so when we learn to use our breathing exercises, which is what we're going to do next, Mm -hmm. it helps us regulate the hypothalamus and our response. So then we can raise the base level of our nerve system response. And thus it takes more stress to stress us out. So I would kind of be having both systems going in that case because you want to activate that outside cave system, but then I'm using my calm breathing. To bring it indoors a little to, bit. Right. Exactly. To balance it out, which and, is kind of the opposite of the philosophy I thought we were having a few minutes ago, but okay. So the, the cave metaphor becomes a little less useful here because now they're talking about our ability to change the threshold of right. where that cave opening is, I guess. Who rolled the stone? Is this a Jesus reference? Yeah, that was a book about like, it was one of those like, Jesus is real and here's why books. And okay. It was called Who Moved the Stone? Something like that. Yeah, if you assume that this story is true. Then who moved, who moved the, the stone? stone? Sure, that's a problem. Okay, so. To be fair, it wasn't just the title. There were pages after the title. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So he was saying, you know, this can then relate to other areas of our lives. So if we learn to kind of control our breathing and have sort of a way that we can quickly retrain our bodies to handle a stressful situation. Now, when the coworker says something that really gets our blood boiling, Mm -hmm. we can kind of take a step back and say, okay, let's think about my breath. How am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Give you some control back and stay in the cave. What can feel like a very uncontrollable thing, your own human reactions. Right. Now, since your body's been exposed to higher and lower points of stimulation, now just the everyday vagaries of life don't throw you for quite as much of a loop. You step on a thumbtack and you think, that hurts. But you know what? It's not a sheet of ice. How interesting that hurt or pain is really just, it's a signal in my brain. Let's think about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I do think of pain and happiness and misery as basically echolocation to the highest and lowest points you've experienced before. Oh, interesting. Okay. The end. All right. I could explain it further, but I feel like (laughs) you get it. Let it just knock around in people's skulls for a while. Like, they think of that. Okay. When you say, like, you're happy. Most of the time, not always. If you're very healthy, you might mean like, Mm -hmm. I just appreciate that everything's fine. But a lot of times you mean, in relation to my everyday life, today is a particularly good day. So you've done that sort of echolocation between Mm. where you are now and your usual spot and your lowest spot, which this is my theory for why we are actually going to be a very happy generation. Because when coronavirus is over, we're going to be like those mofos who survived the Great Depression who are like... Listen, honey, (laughs) you don't know the half of it. I am happy until I fucking die because I'm not trying to subsist on potatoes all day, every day. I'm just happy that we're here talking to each other. That's amazing. Right. It's a miracle. I'm hoping that sets the bar so low that the echolocation is like, you're always above that. You know, I hope so, too. I, I know we're also good at, as humans, we're good at letting that bar regress to the mean so Mm -hmm. even if we're high on life we're still going to kind of go back to this just sort of this is my average level of upset Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. so So uh, you can train yourself to like absolutely gratitude is pretty much the only scientifically validated way to do that but and and that is sorry and that is a worthwhile pursuit so yes i encourage (laughs) thanks no i'm just kidding (laughs) i encourage everybody to uh try to keep an eye on that and all of this i think is kind of tying into sort of the meditation muscle as well Mm -hmm. you know just having the ability to stop step outside of yourself for a second and think oh that's interesting that reaction i'm having why Mm -hmm. am i having that reaction Mm -hmm. whether it's a physical pain sensation or whether it's a reaction to what someone said to you that Mm -hmm. you just kind of stop to examine that Mm -hmm. and maybe then you decide yeah that's the right reaction Mm -hmm. or maybe you're like oh i could choose to react slightly differently Mm -hmm. these are um Good things to do. Yeah. All right. Now it's time to talk about the breathing method itself. So let's give you just enough information. To whet your appetite and then yank it out from under you. Yeah, I was going to say so that you know enough of the method that you could try it out yourself. But maybe that's not the best advice. Especially if you're driving a car. Don't do it. (laughs) Or you're in the bathtub. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, that's not the time to do it. Or That's in the dangerous. pool. Everybody wants to go to the pool. Everybody wants to go to the pool, but not everybody should do Wim Hof breathing in the pool. Mm-hmm. That should be the addendum to that phrase <laughs> now. Tiny print. But yes, that, that is a dangerous thing to do. But, so we'll kind of describe the parameters of how this breathing works, and then we'll tell you uh, next time 
how well it worked for us and uh, whether it protected us from the cold. Okay. Okay. A real cliffhanger. So he has a diagram of a diaphragm. And, uh, diaphragm he, and grum. <laughs> I want that to be a thing. He shows us what we're going to do, kind of our steps. So the first thing that you start doing with Wim Hof breathing is that you take 30 to 40 full inhalations. The idea is that you kind of leave your hand on your belly so you can just, at least as you begin, you can feel that sensation of... Filling out your belly. Right. And, and again, then, we're using our diaphragms. Correct. Mm-hmm. But then the idea is that you kind of have a wave sort of rolls back into your chest. So belly in. Then and then chest. Lungs. Right. And he would go on to even say, and Wim Hof does this too, you know, now have it fill into your head. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. Oh, you can release your breath, Gary, if you're... Uh, Needing to exhale right now. All right. I want to see how long I can hold my breath. So, okay, hold on. I'm going to set a thing and you can just keep talking. Okay. Okay, ready? Uh, Yes. Okay, start talking. Okay. Oh, wait. Let me breathe first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you'll know when I press start. You'll see it with my thumb. This would be a bad thing for us to do simultaneously. Make for very very bad radio. Feel free to hold your breath along with Carrie. She's got a timer going. Okay, so this is my chance to say whatever I want to. So... Yeah, the idea is you take that in and he would even say it goes into your head and then, thank you, Michael, he would say, obviously, air is not actually traveling into your head, but by picturing that, the belly, into the chest, into the head, it causes you to take an even fuller breath than you might otherwise. So you do that and then you're going to very quickly exhale, an unforced exhalation. Carrie is holding her breath. She is nodding majestically, but you can tell that, you know, she's doing work here too. This is not easy. Anyways, so then you exhale and it's unforced. It's a half exhalation. So you're not like completely emptying your lungs with a. (sighs) Instead, you're just kind of letting it out, but then doing another big inhalation kind of right on top of that. Very little pause, which reminds me a lot of what we did (laughs) for Carrie's nodding meaningfully. She's looking at the timer. You're doing quite well. I'm I'm impressed already. How did it go? How many seconds? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm impressed. That's very good. Is it? Yeah. <sighs> okay. For not well, having prepared with the Wim Hof method. Woo. Yeah. Um, I feel a little lightheaded. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. That'll do it. And so you're going to do 30 to 40 of those really deep, oh, no, rapid you. breaths with unforced exhalations. Yeah. Sometimes he calls it a half exhale. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like these terms could cover like a lot of different ways of doing it, but. Yeah. The idea was that you're going. <sighs> yeah. Real effort on the inhale, hardly any on the exhale. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Think about the inhale and try to fill up as much as you can. And this is where he told us if you want to take notes, by all means, take notes. You know, I think he was seeing us uh-huh. <laughs> saying, like, oh, you can put your notebook aside. Right. Now. <laughs> right. It's not like you're going to be repeating this Ta- in five months. <laughs> what crazy person would do that and then on the uh, final breath after the 30 to 40 we hold that breath on the exhale and just kind of let it sit in the body and the idea is that after doing this rapid breathing cycle Mm -hmm. we'll be able to hold our breath a lot longer and then you'll decrease the co2 in your blood that is correct to get into the mitochondria oh, of boy. your cells Uh-oh. 
So what does that mean? Yeah. So one part of that is demonstrably true. Yes. And uncontroversial. So yes, if you do that kind of rapid hyperventilating, mm-hmm. you are going to paradoxically drive down the CO2 in your body. So you're filling up your body with a lot of oxygen and very little CO2, which is kind of a lesson that we learned at our holotropic breathing seminar. Yes. That was really very much the same thing. Yeah. We were doing it even longer and kind of more intensely, like Mm -hmm. faster. But this gives you a high and you start Mm -hmm. to see things and visions. So they also do it at Rhythmia. Oh, that's right. Yes. Breath of life, whatever mm-hmm. they called it there. Yep. So the same exact thing. You're driving down CO2 in your blood. And that is kind of, I don't know, paradoxically uh, having these effects on your body. So the idea is that also uncontroversial, the thing that triggers you to really want to take a breath is the presence of carbon dioxide in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So your body sees like, oh, she's got too much carbon dioxide. Time to take in some more air. Right, right, right. So the idea is by... F- driving down that level and driving up your oxygen, you can hold your breath longer because then your body says, oh, well, you don't need to take a breath yet. I know what I'll do. I'll just send this oxygen into the mitochondria. Okay, now that thing, <laughs> what what do you do with that? Um, yeah. You know, and he says these things so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, what did he say about mitochondria? It was like... Here's what I've got. Decreases the CO2 to get into the mitochondria of cells, makes the communication optimal, Mm. and drops the cytokine production. Okay, and that was all tied to, like, inflammation. Right. He was saying, yeah, it's like a crowded room, so you're all jumbled in together with each other, and you can't move around too easily. Mm -hmm. And by doing this, essentially what you're doing is you're cleaning things up, you're reducing inflammation, and now these helpful chemicals can move around more freely. And something about the mitochondria. Anytime you start talking about talking to the mitochondria, I get very... Suspicious. Suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, If a mitochondria is listening to the show, I would love to hear from you. We hear about you so much. And I don't know. I just, I never really heard anything from your point of view. Yeah. You were great in A Wrinkle in Time and Mm. the sequels, by the way, mitochondria. Mm. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay, nice. They they like shrink down small and they visit mitochondria. Oh, cool. If I remember, I've read this back in like middle school. Maybe I need to see the movie or read the books. Uh, And, you know, studies show... That this whole thing helps you go from the beta brain to the alpha brain to the delta brain. Here, I'm going to hold my breath while you tell us about that. Oh, okay. Ready? Okay. I, that's really all I had to say about it, but okay. So breathing through the nose activates the parasympathetic or calm system. So again, that would be the one where you're inside the cave. Things are chill. You don't need to be super alert. Breathing through your nose keeps you in that place. And in this system, we're going to breathe in through the nose, but then out through the mouth. So we're getting that balance in the cave, outside the cave, in the cave, outside the cave. Even though earlier, the takeaway seemed to be it's good to just be outside the cave sometimes instead of this sort of gray area. We're just doing the gray area again, but sort of weighted the other way. Then, of course... Need to mention this again. He says 80% of all disease is chronic inflammation. Now, he said we might feel, and Ross might be feeling, a tingling or a lightheadedness. 
And if that becomes too uncomfortable, just go back to your regular breathing. No big deal. Oh yeah, he also said, we are the only animal that can control our breathing to affect our mental state. I kind of doubt that's true. What do you think, Ross? Because I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One minute, 25 seconds. Uh, Oh, wow. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, uh, You know, I'm trying to think how you would observe another animal modulating its breathing. Well, I mean, you've definitely got like whales doing that. Okay. I feel like the harder thing would be the uh, affect your mental state part. Okay. But I don't know. Just whenever people are like, we're the only animals to blink, it always turns out someone else is doing it. Right. That's immediately that triggers that response, which is, okay, let me think of every animal I can think of. And uh, hmm, I'm with you. Like usually anything you can say about humans, you can point to some very close corollary and other animals. And that's just with the shit we know about. Come up with something that we don't yet know an animal that does that. There's probably still an animal that does that. All right. right. Have some fucking humility, people. (laughs) Uh, So we did a round of breathing on our backs, on our mats. I got that nice buzzy feeling. Well, uh, I think we'll tell you more about our breathing exercises because we did quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll save that maybe for next season. Yeah, I don't know why. Season. I don't know why okay. I decided to call it season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never, we've never had seasons. <laughs> the next episode. Well, you know, this is the season of giving, of thanks, of yeah, goals, of max fun. And I think it's important to give a little bit of an update about where our show <sighs> is in terms of new and upgrading members who chose Ono Ross and Carrie. As a show they love. This is so exciting. Yeah. So this is uh, as of late in our second week of Max Fun Drive. Mm-hmm. By the time you hear this, maybe it's a couple days out of date, but. But currently we have 1,780 <gasps> zero new or upgrading members. That's amazing. I know. Thank you so much to all of you. We hugely appreciate your support of the show. And yeah, this is what uh, makes the rest of the year possible for us. But Dave Francis, please get it together and become a member. Please, Dave. For God's sake. Well, what if there is a Dave Francis? And we'll accept middle name Francis, too. Yeah. And he said, but I already subscribed. You have been personally selected to upgrade. I've become Peter Popoff. Okay. But now you also have the ability to boost your membership, to give gift subscriptions for others. There's so many ways to sign up and support us through Maximum Fun. And... Because we've already passed a 1,000, we've unlocked our shirts, so we're working on getting those out, and we're getting very close to 2,000. Where we do our Ormus baseball experiment. This will be fun, because I have only the faintest idea of what this will look like as a final product. Okay, I kind of see it. This will be fun to figure out. And then we have another stretch goal. A 3,000 stretch goal. What will we do? In the year 3000. If we get to 3000 new and upgrading Ono Ross and Carrie Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. We will become exorcists. That's right. We will release our Dallas episode. We did all of those exciting uh, around the country live shows and we never released our Dallas one because we told a good chunk of our exorcism story with Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Larson. We went back, we went to a school of exorcism so if you We've get been becoming exorcists, you guys, but we haven't finished. So if you hit that 3000 mark, 
Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, it's going to be a big series, essentially, because we've got a lot to say about that. So if you want to get us there right away, get us to 3,000 and we'll start that off. This is our longest investigation ever. Yeah. It's been six years so far. Absolutely. Yep. No question. Also, if you boost and send me a screenshot of your boost, Mm -hmm. I will boost your immune system. (laughs) Okay. And how (laughs) would somebody send you this? Send it to me on Twitter at Carrie Poppy. Yes. Send me uh, a screenshot of your boost. She did not say your boobs. (laughs) That's correct. But, you know, you do you. And I will put a blessing upon thou to boost your immune system. What if they send you a screenshot of their boots? I'll say, these are really nice, but you, you misheard. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the immune boost that you had hoped for. <laughs> now, you might be thinking, oh, okay, I was going to go up a level, but now I'll just boost so I get my immune boost. No, no, If you go up a level, I'll level up your life power. So send me a picture of that. Oh, wow. Oh, you're going to get a lot of tweets. (laughs) If you become a member for the first time, I'll remember you. Okay. So take a picture of it, and then I'll say your name back to you. That's better than dismemberment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ross gets it. I get it. And we mentioned last time that if we hit 4,000, I said I would go to the McKamey Manor. Yes. Is now, that what it's called? I'd like to adjust this promise. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of people saying, don't do it. Yeah, including our lawyer, our absolutely fearless lawyer. So listen, <laughs> I feel strongly as a person who's watched many McKamey Manor videos that you should have the right to back out. Okay. If we reach 4,000, you go, you sit in front of Russ McKamey and you read his insane 40-page waiver and yeah. you decide if you want to go through the hump. But okay. you, I just don't want it to be a situation where you have to feel you let people down if you don't do gotcha. it. Okay. Now, these videos, is this a TV series or are these just YouTube, YouTube videos? Okay. Does yeah. he release these? Like, he films you? He does. Oh, man. It's such a... It would be so much to explain right now. But okay. yes, I, at, at I, its core, yes. I Googled long enough. Someone wrote it comment somewhere and I said oh that's how you spell McKamey Manor and I uh, googled it just long enough to see that there's like an ongoing debate about whether this constitutes torture yeah fun yeah <laughs> it's a whole thing but Maybe it's very fun. What do I know? Okay. All right. So those are our goals for now, but maybe we'll come up with some more creative ones depending on what happens. Yeah. Please support us. Please support us. It really does make our work possible and we'll make our work possible for the next year. So if you want a good year, make it happen. Dave, Francis. Do it, Dave. And Francis, Dave. Oh, yeah. So that's it for this episode. We'll be back to tell you more of the story. And I think next time you'll get to find out how we did in the ice bath. Yeah. Are our mitochondria all better now? (laughs) Are they communicating? Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. And our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Hey, listen, you know it, you love it. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. And right now you get those sweet, sweet gifts. So many gifts. Plus the immune boost or the remembrance or the level up to your life power. And bonus content. There's so many great reasons. Mm-hmm. And remember. In the words of Wim Hof, as spoken to Maria Menunos. If you had cancer right now, if you had a brain tumor, how would you handle it? Yeah, 
Yeah. I would uh, become uh, um, with the knowledge of today, you can almost uh, visualize what cancer is, and it needs an acidic environment. Uh, it's because we do not breathe well, deep enough, uh, shallow, and we exert all with all the energy, the metabolism uh, in the cell, uh, becoming cancerous because there is no oxygen anymore, there is no energy anymore, and then it becomes. Uh, 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 how do you say? Um, uh, anaerobic. Yes. It becomes anaerobic. And once it becomes anaerobic, it becomes independent. And it's actually in a natural mechanism. So the, the way I treat it, I go to the co- back to the core and become completely, say, in this, uh, uh, I connect. I connect with what is acidic. And I've shown that we are able to go past firewalls in our lymphatic system, uh, which is everywhere, but we could not get into it. And uh, that what becomes in, uh, acidic there, which is the cause of it all, we are able now, and we showed it in a last study, to uh, invigorate it with oxygen and to make the mitochondrial oxygen tension go up, thus acidity is gone. And if you make the acidity go away, then you break the chain for the cancer cell to be fed. It's logical. And then uh, we got our intention. And with the intention, we are able to program uh, gene, uh, the, the genes. And with uh, the genes in the immune cells, we are able to go within uh, the marrow, which we have shown within a quarter of an hour. Uh, the specific immune system going directly to the bacteria, not creating fever all over. No, just very specifically go to the uh, to the cell and uh, cause apoptosis, which is cell death, and that's what the cancer needs. A very precise uh, uh, answer of the specific uh, immune system, and we are able with our mind once it is exercised to connect with the deeper layers of this uh, specific immune system, the T cells and the B cells, and thus... Uh, Get them to work. Kill them. G- uh, g- give them uh, the information and program them to do so. But now, this is all hypothetically, but I saw a lot of miracles already, but it's only really true when we get through science. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.